What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Alternate Reality, where we talk about everything nerdy, everything gaming, basically everything awesome. I am your host, Hebrew Hammer, and I am joined today by Muggin. Yo. And Hooch will not be here this week, unfortunately, but he should be back next week. So, yeah, you can look forward to that then. Um, first, before we get into all the, the good stuff, let me get the shameless shilling out of the way. So, first of all, thank you very much, patrons. We always really appreciate your support. Make sure to go to patreon.com forward slash ANR if you're interested in checking out the different tiers there. And if you have any questions, feel free to uh, hit us up on the Discord, discord.me forward slash ANR. And um, I don't know why I said ANR, but it's it's ANR. <laughs> ANR. No. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, discord.me forward slash ANR for that. Uh, we have a whole bunch of different conversations going on in there. So make sure to just go to the role assignment section, click anything that you'd like, and join in. And uh, next thing is, of course, leave us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, it'd be amazing if you do. We always really, really appreciate it. So, yeah, please do that. And now we can get into the good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and start it off with the movies and TV so section. So we got New Gundam coming. The Witch from Mercury. We yes. have a new trailer that just dropped for it. So let me ask you this. Gundam is an anime that I never got into. I think it was like before me a good bit. So like I, I kind of got like the very... I only saw like a couple episodes basically. Um, what were you into this one? I I watched not not like a like a metric fuck pile of Gundam, but I, I watched Gundam when I was younger. Like, so I was, you know, when I when I was a child and we walked uphill both ways to school in the snow barefoot. Um, like anime was still like bootleg VHS tapes and shit and like you couldn't get it anywhere but and then like Toonami showed up and like things started to kind of roll over to this country so Gundam was like one of the first like big like everybody saw it it was on you know cable TV and you could like watch it every day and and of course because there was like you know 15 freaking years of Gundam for them to pump out they just kind of never stopped showing it so it was an entry right. point for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Um, I had seen plenty of anime ahead of that, but that was like the first mainstream one. So I did watch it because I knew a lot of people that watched it. And it's, you know, it's like your standard. It's like, I guess, the pinnacle of mech anime, right? So, right. yeah, this one looked okay. pretty sweet. Like when you watch the trailer, um, it looks like, you know, modernized old school anime, like all the tropes included, right? Like giant mech robots and weird looking characters and like eyebrows that go through the hair, you know what I mean? Like all the things, <laughs> um, you know, so it's nice to see them kind of staying true to the roots of the, you know, the style it, they didn't like. It doesn't look like they went like like CG for the robots and and stuff like that. It's all still like hand drawn anime the whole the whole way through, which I think is nice. Um, right. It looks action packed and fun. So. We'll see. Yeah, oh, I I actually think it looks very good. Like I'm yeah. interested. I'm interested to watch it. Um, you know, whenever it comes to animes, it's not my typical thing. Like I I usually like shows that are more human based mm -hmm. rather than. Um, yeah, like, you know, like machines and, and gun, giant Gundam suits and stuff like that. Just because I think like, I always think it's more impressive whenever you have like stuff like Naruto, right? Where it's these people mm -hmm. summoning up this crazy shit versus just a machine that's just like, I built it really well. You know? like, yeah, I think Gundam goes a little deeper than that, but it's not like Neon Genesis where like the, the mechs are actually like living creatures. So it's they're right. still like robots, but it's like the pilots like train their asses off kind of thing. And um, this is supposedly a new timeline, so it's the eleventh timeline for Gundam, from what I read. Okay. So that it's the eleventh like kind of reboot, like where they've moved on. Like okay, everything else is the past, and this is a new timeline. Um, right. Which they do every so often to kind of like kind of clear the board. <laughs> um, right. But, uh, yeah, so it, it might be a nice entry point to just check out, like, to see what it's like, you know what I mean, if you if you haven't really dove into it, because you won't have to, it won't suffer from, like, oh, this is 10 years old, right? 
and it right. you know but it also will have like it looks like it's going to be kind of true to the form you know yeah and I'm, I'm hoping that's exactly what it is that it is something more entry point or i don't need a bunch of context in order to really kind of get into it because you know like i said it looks pretty legit so i'm gonna leave it at that hopefully it, it is as good as it looks mm-hmm. um but let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here mm-hmm. And this one, once again, no idea what this is. Uh, Rob Zombie uh, Munsters. Now, I know the Munsters. Mm-hmm. The it TV was like show an old, old school day, TV yeah. show, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, like, literally, the reason why I know that is because I've heard my dad talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, that's, yeah, before. it's our parents in a uh, TV show for yeah. sure. Yeah. It was black um, and white and old as hell. And, yeah. So. I see the trailer for the new one that's going to be coming out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It looks, I mean, it looks bonkers, right? Like, yeah, super it, campy. Um, it, exactly. That, yeah, that is the best way to put it. Incredibly yeah. campy looking. Very self-aware. So, yeah, like, I could get it. It's it's For me, it's, it's toting that line of, like, too cheesy. But I think it could also be a lot of fun if the comedy in it is, like, intelligent you know like I, I almost get kind of like a community vibe to it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it, it, i feel like if if this has like the level of script that community had i would be 100 percent in on it because i feel like that would mesh really well yeah i think um, the thing that's really interesting about it is like this is like a rob zombie right so you know white zombie you know lead singer rob zombie and his, you know his penchant for like horror movies you know where he's done like house of a thousand corpses and like all these like crazy like full-blown like slasher horror flicks and now he's like well let me go like campy comedy with this so it's like when i heard he was doing it, i was like i wonder what his take's gonna be and then when i saw the trailer i was like wow like this is not what i expected from him so um i think it'll be interesting to see where it goes for sure right now i would 100 percent agree with that so let's go ahead and talk about resident evil which just came out on netflix two days ago uh, which was the 14th by the way mm-hmm. um have you watched any of it no i haven't and i feel dumb because like yesterday i was like everyone went to sleep early and i was like man i'm wide awake what do i want to watch so i was like you know i've been oh. meaning to watch umbrella academy so i like fired up season one of umbrella academy and i like could have been Ooh. checking out resident evil but from what I've heard, I, I'm probably better off just watching Umbrella Academy, like a known good Oh, no, show. is it supposed to be bad? It's getting, <laughs> I would say, like mixed reviews. Um, it was funny because okay. we were talking about it in the Discord and like me and Loser, Loser were going back and forth. And I was like, I was like, they legit, the reason that these all these Resident Evil like things don't like work out is because mm-hmm. they never like like Resident Evil is not a like action thing. It's a like slow paced like horror. slow burn horror jump scare right creepy suspense puzzle, right? It's not like right. when you think about the first Resident Evil it's like cop shows up, what the hell's going on, ends up in a mansion locked inside and starts seeing all kinds of creepy weird shit and like it escalates yeah. from there, right? It's not it's not nonstop guns and bullets. Yeah, it's not right? like fast the zombies don't run at light speed, you know, like twenty eight days right. later. They don't you know, there there's not a million of them like shambling towards you in these giant clumps, right? It's like right. it's a lot more there's more desperation, like, I would say. It's like it's like I've got a couple of bullets. I don't have a gun. I don't know where I am. I have no idea what's going on. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I just don't think they. I don't for whatever reason they're just not going like I, I think that would make an awesome ass movie, like you know, or TV show to be just like stuck in this like big ass mansion property unable to get out with like zombie like weird creatures and shit fucking with you like man that'd be Mm -hmm. dope yeah i mean i agree with you like i think it just i don't know why but like the resident evil series whenever it comes to because we've had games that i mean many games that do not reflect that style we've had some games that have reflected that style Mm -hmm. a little bit more but still not to the degree that we've seen on tv um or i mean in the movies rather but yeah, like they're bananas in the movies. Like so much crazy shit is happening. It's ridiculous, twenty four seven. 
Yeah, I think but, the very, very first one that Mila Jovovich, you know, that that series of them, the very first mm-hmm. one, I think they tried, you know, because it was right. like she woke up. She didn't know who she was, where she was. Why was she in a red dress? She finds this secret underground lab and they're like trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And there's the AI, you know, what I mean, it was like they, they tried to modernize it and like bring it out of the mansion, but still kind of keep it to that suspense. And then they went bonkers with it. But this one, I, I really don't know. Like, I've, I've seen the trailers, and I'm interested to watch it. I just, it's all going to kind of depend on whether they, like, run for the action or if they, you know, try and go the suspense. So I'm going to definitely watch a couple episodes, and then we could talk about it again next week, I think. Okay. Um, and you do the well, same, yeah, and then we can uh, yeah, I'm definitely spoiler gonna do the it same. up for the patrons in the beginning. Yeah, so I have to say with the Resident Evil, actually, I am going to be watching that one for sure because... Sean and I are going to be doing uh, an episode on it for Click or Skip. Oh, there you which, go. by the way, you are more than welcome to join in if you want to mm. come and spoil it all with us. Spoil um, the shit out of it. But yeah, so if you're interested in that, I'm not sure when it's going to drop. Probably the next three, four days. Um, but yeah, check that out. And uh, yeah, it'll be yeah, good. And then we'll talk about it uh, again next week with more. Yeah, content. definitely. Here, here next week, we'll talk about it for sure. Just our non spoilery thoughts, I think. Yeah. But. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the news. And that's going to be Nintendo buys an animation studio. I think that they're trying to get in on this on this uh, new trend that's been happening recently. So that way they can just pump out these really awesome cinematic shorts and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, all in-house. So well, yeah, I'm they kind of also okay with do, them doing this. Well, the other thing they do is they do a lot of mocap. Um, right. So they did. They did the mocap for Death Stranding, Near Replicant, Persona Five, um, uh, and they do. They did some of the CG work for the go- that Ghost in the Shell Sack Twenty Forty Five. The pick. They've done Nintendo's Pikmin short movies and Studio Ghibli's Earwig and the Witch. So, they. Um, you know, I, I'm wondering, you know, how much of it is for like making actual movies versus like just getting an in-house mocap, um, right? So, oh well, yeah, I think that either way, um, it, it's like a smart thing to do now because it lessens the time and all the different you know issues that can come with hiring third party on that kind of thing. You know, I've I don't want to say I've dealt with that because obviously I haven't had a personal hand in it, but mm-hmm. I've, I've seen the issues that come with that with constantly outsourcing um, projects to third-party animation studios with Riot for a long time where, you know, eventually basically they just started exclusively working with, you know, Fortiche for the most part. So it, it you always get like some weird inconsistencies and stuff like that whenever one studio is busy with a project and you can't get them for a bit. So you have to go to another one. So, yeah, I like the the fact that they're kind of getting their own and bringing it in-house. Um, and hopefully that means, like, a lot cooler stuff for us um, a lot more often as well. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's I, not like Nintendo can't afford it, you know? Yeah, so they're, they're going to be rebranded as, um, uh, what did it say what they were going to call? They're going to be called Nintendo Pictures. And I, there's an update that was added uh, later that says that, that Nintendo said uh, Dynamo Pictures will be producing CG video content based on Nintendo IP, but have nothing more to announce at this point on what exactly they will be involved in. Yeah. All I'm thinking like... Good. Go ahead. I was going to say, all I can do is pray for a Metroid anime. Let's go. (laughs) That would be pretty cool, actually. I would definitely be down for that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like great cinematics, uh, you know, for for games, upcoming games and stuff like that. Certainly for like cutscenes within games, um, maybe some TV shows and stuff. Like I'm I'm definitely all about this idea. So hoping that it works out and that they utilize them to the fullest. Um, Well, let's go and talk about some interesting stuff that I don't know if we'll have differing opinions on or what, but it's always fun to talk about. And that's NFTs. So GameStop, uh, they just invested tons of money. Millions. Into millions, yes. Into into going NFT, basically. They're going to be the hub for the new NFT market is essentially their pitch. Um, they just had their debut and they made a whopping $44,000 out of it in mm-hmm. one day. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I like the article that I read. It says, for those keeping score at home, that's less than the price of a new truck. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I mean, this isn't this isn't shocking to anyone, I don't think. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I assumed that it was not going to be super high. The faith in the crypto market was shattered. I feel confident in saying shattered on that one, um, you know, in the past few months. And yeah, it's just just not looking good for NFTs. That being said, though, and this is where I'm not sure if we have differing opinions on, because I know you are like vehemently opposed to NFTs, right? I think the NFT market is on its way out already, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I do agree with you. I think that I, I think that they it is as well. But I think basically I think GameStop has a chance here. And I've been saying this for a while. I think with GameStop being a trusted name, I think that it will provide a lot of mm, what's the right word for this? I guess faith that they can, you know, buy things and it will be stored appropriately and, you know, you're putting money in in the hands of a safe company and all that kind of stuff and you don't have to deal with this weird back-end internet bullshit that you did before for NFT with crypto wallets and um, not being able to cash out when you want and having to go from one currency to the other currency just to get back to your real money. Like there's a lot of sketchy shit that happened back there before. So I think by by putting it all in, in a brand that is known, I think that they do have a chance to revitalize it a bit. That being said, it could easily just continue to drop dead and then GameStop yeah. is basically screwed. Well, at that what's point. stupid about it is is that's the money they made forty four thousand five hundred. They did mm-hmm. trade the one point nine million in Ethereum in the day, so right. they only took take Ethereum apparently. I'm sure that that makes sense. So they uh, did one thousand eight hundred thirty five Ethereum, which is one point nine eight million dollars, right? But they only right. make two point two five percent commission, so that equates out to forty four grand. And right. um they, and that's uh, that's not good. Like I mean, no, that, and by no the, means day is good. two that one point nine eight was they only did eight hundred twenty three thousand in in sales, so they made eighteen yeah. grand that day. So it's just like <laughs> it's not it's not a good, it's not a good start. And that also, their wallet is proprietary. Just just so you know that the wallet that they store their NFTs in is completely proprietary to them. Like it's it's IP locked. Like they own the intellectual property to it. So mm-hmm. should they ever go under? You won't be able to like transfer your stuff easily because it's there. They have a proprietary wallet. So the the wallet information is proprietary. You said. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, do you see that as a bad thing or a good thing? I don't know. I just I I don't really know much about like the ins and outs of what you do with an NFT once you own it. But it just I don't know. It feels like open source would be the way to go in my opinion where if said mm-hmm. company goes away that, that it's open source so that someone else can just kind of pick it up and continue development and security updates and things like that whereas like if GameStop does this for a few months and says fuck this we're making <laughs> we're making like we're making like peanuts here when we thought we were going to make billions right. of dollars because you know when they started this they were like we're going to just be oh yeah money. for sure and, and in the time it took them to build it NFTs have basically Come and gone. Like, yeah. you know, they're already dying. And, um, you know, there's so much bad press around them and their implementation and their environmental impact and all the other things that go with it that it's just... While the concept could be interesting and the blockchain is an interesting thing, it is terrible for the world. So it's just like... <laughs> it, it really is. It's just it's the amount of I don't disagree with you. It's just too much to, yeah. to have any lasting value. You know, to, yeah, to, I, to the world at whole. You know, so we'll see what happens. I think it actually is. I agree with you on that. I think it is a silly thing, but it is happening, uh, you know, for better or worse, I suppose. But let's go ahead and move on to the next thing because it still has to do with NFTs. And I promise you guys it's the last NFT related thing that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, so basically a developer, he got on to a conference um, that supported NFTs. 
right? And so he was supposed to be giving a talk about how good NFTs are and everything like that. And then he doubles over and decides to shit talk NFTs at the conference. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's Brazil's was, International Games Festival. Is, yeah. This was, was pretty thing. hilarious, actually. Yeah. I, I yeah. did enjoy this one. Yeah, it's pretty funny. They they have a bunch of like crypto bro like sponsors for the games festival. Mm-hmm. So Mark Ven- Venturelli from Chroma Scott Squad was going to give a talk that was called "The Future of Game Design." And with the market, you know, with all this like NFTs and games, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, this guy's going to talk about how great NFTs are." So he he loads the thing up, and like a few seconds in, he flips the title card, and it changes. To be to say why NFTs are a nightmare, and the whole yeah. room of developers like starts cheering, like when, yeah, when I he mean, flips the flips the page, and it was just it was just an epic. And apparently the the sponsors were trying to like break in and like shut it down, and the and the oh god the developer <laughs> conference was like because he, he apparently got permission to do this, so the mm. developers conference was like, no, you guys don't control what we talk about. You're just sponsoring the event, so thanks for your money. We appreciate it. You helped us make this event happen. Now we're going to talk about whatever the hell we damn please. And our developers and our keynote speakers can talk about whatever they want. Good <laughs> for they, that. And they Good didn't for let them, sure. you know, jump in there. Now, does that mean they're going to get crypto sponsors next year? Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably not. not. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was, <clears throat> his whole talk was about um, how implementing NFTs and pay, play to earn basically you know, the environmental cost, predatory practice, and the fact that they turn games into salt mines and sweatshops rather than creative works people can enjoy uh, is just bad for the game industry overall because the, the more you the more joy you take out of the game and the more, more you make it like work, the less of an escape it becomes and the less likely people are to spend the money to, to pay it, to play it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. I do think that there are some aspects of NFT that would be fun for game design, but not in the mining side of it. Not no. at all. Um, and that's that's what, unfortunately what some games are looking at doing, including including a, what game was I think it was NetEase was looking at doing one, uh, what was it called, uh, for Seven Deadly Sins Origins. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they were looking at that one potentially being a pay-to-earn game, and that's by, like, you know, a very well-known mobile developer. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I'm not sure if that's still the route that it's going down or not, but um, I certainly hope not because the idea of that really just does not sound like a lot of fun. So, I'm glad yeah. that there was some shit talking of it. I do think that that needs to be watched incredibly carefully and hopefully not really implemented. Or if it does implement, it fails quickly and we just get over it. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and talk about some gaming stuff now, though. So mm-hmm. Unity CEO uh, says that mobile devs that don't monetize are fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, do you agree with him? Well, I mean, it all depends on what you're trying to do. I, the problem is, is the way that the way that he went about it kind of was like kind of shitty. Um, mm hmm. So basically, you know, they've been Unity has been laying off people, right? So they're not yeah. doing great. So they've now they're now merging with an ad firm called Iron Source. Mm-hmm. So he was he they're they're touting the fact that that what this basically does is that the Iron Source's ad engine will now be part of Unity by default, so that then mobile de- developers who are the primary users of the Unity engine, right, right. will now have access to this great. Uh, monetizing engine structure in their yeah. game, and and, and, it, and it'll be core to the to the thing that's building it. So it's like it's not yeah, like some bolt on bullshit you buy. It's like yeah, natively implemented. Yeah, right. And he basically said um, he he kind of talked about like um, I don't know how to explain it, like how Ferrari and high end car manufacturers still use clay and knives to you know do their their clay sculpting for their vehicles and mm-hmm. he's like was kind of talking about how that there's so few of people that do that now it's such a and and like that in the gaming industry there's such a small portion of people who still work in that classical fashion and he's like they're some of my favorite people in the world to fight with they're the most beautiful and pure 
brilliant people. They're also some of the biggest fucking idiots. <laughs> and and just to be clear, this guy also used to be one of EA's chief executives, so you know he comes from a good spot. You know, um, yeah. You know he talks about how how he's seen great games fail because they turn their compulsion loop to two minutes when it should have been an hour. You know, talking right. about monetization structures and stuff. So I don't yeah, know. I, I mean- think. I think yeah, EA has also that. implemented some of the worst whenever it comes to that, especially with ads. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely think, like, he has a point, 100%. Like, I, I firmly believe that it is okay, and I do support people monetizing their games, you know, whether in whatever structure it may be. But I do think that the obvious one that seems to yield the best results is some form of freemium, right? So, oh, yeah, for sure. I, I certainly don't have a problem with it. There's a lot of bad press out there for it. We talk about it constantly, but honestly, there's just like it's really not a, a bad thing. Like, people got to get paid for the work that they do, right? If you can play yeah. something for free, support it if you love it. Well, there's like, a thousand ways to do good. it. And I think, I think the biggest thing is latching on to what works and what doesn't. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you and I have, have probably paid more freemium titles than the average person Definitely. as well as put in a couple bucks here and there. I mean, neither one of us, I would say are whales in any way, shape or no, form. I mean, we don't spend that kind of money, but we, we dip our toes <laughs> and can, you know, identify a good offer versus a bad offer and right. a good structure versus a bad structure and, and things like that. And, you know, the whole battle pass idea makes tons of money. Um, there's even, I've seen somewhere like when you run out of energy, you can watch an ad to get some energy back. Like, I think that's a really nice one really. And I, am surprised I don't see that implemented more and stuff like like MSF and things like that, where no, I'm out of energy. Well, instead of spending 50 crystals, I can watch a 30 second ad and then they get the ad revenue from all those people watching those ads and it's 30 seconds. So who gives a crap if I hit that button and put my phone down for a second, it's a win win. And that's the type of stuff I think that, you know, that that is nothing. It's like that's a nothing burger. Like nobody's gonna be pissed off about that. I get to make the choice if I want to look at that ad. I get a I get a direct, basically payment for doing that, right. in the game, versus like a loot box where, I'm either gonna get, I'm gonna like, be pissed that I spent that money, or I'm gonna be like, holy crap, I just got 500 shards of the best character in the game. Hell yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like. Mm-hmm. That side of it, I think, is where people get a little annoyed. Um, right. Yeah. Well, so I think, I think there's a way to keep ads respectful to the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And I've seen tons of, of games do that. Like, I, I have... I'm trying to remember. There was one gotcha game that really implemented it, like, well before where, you know, it was like five or six times a day. You could go in and, just as you said, you could go get yourself some gems some free gems if you watch some ads and it pays out for literally everyone you get to see ads mm-hmm. from the ad guys so they like that you, you know the game company gets paid because you watch their ads and then you get some free currency so yeah like i i am a big fan of that as long as it's implemented well and doesn't really you know interfere with the the actual gameplay you know i mm-hmm. i think we've all seen some janky ass ones as well right oh yeah for sure uh, and i think it's <laughs> it's on the user on the player to really, you know, like one of the big things I, I say is like every player should really take a look at the monetization structure of any any free to play game they're going to get into. And yeah. don't allow yourself to get like sucked in before you fully understand the monetization structure. And, and there are times where they hide things and, and things aren't blatantly visible from the front. But you can generally tell within the first, first like 72 hours you know, in three days, you're going to you're going to get far enough and see enough to know whether this is something that's not going to work for you as a player. I think every player needs to decide for themselves and their, you know, personal drives, motivations and, and, and um, you know, FOMO and addictions and, 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 and all those type addictive personality and all that thing to decide if it's healthy for them, because <clears throat> There could be a game that I can play no problem and then somebody else would be, you know, has a hidden gambling addiction they don't even know about that ends up, you know, spending thousands of dollars because they didn't really understand what they were getting themselves into. So I think it's important to 
really take a hard look at that stuff. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And speaking of that, uh, we can go ahead and move on to the next one because this deals directly with that. So the skateboarding game that came out a long time ago with the original called Skate, right? It was like the competition of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. If mm-hmm. I'm not, yeah, it was yeah. EA, it's EA's skateboarding game, basically. Right. And it, it implemented the flick system, right, with the, the controller stick. I believe that. I think that was the one that did it. Yeah, yeah. I remember Hooch was talking about that the other day. Um, but yeah, so Skate, the Skate 4, um, which will actually be called just Skate, is going to be coming out and it will actually be free to play. So right. yeah. just on that market, like we can see right there, there's going to be some type of monetization scheme to it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the nice thing is, is that's got a free to play base. Are you a fan of this series or are you looking forward to playing it i was always like a big tony hawk pro skater guy but i I fiddled around with the first skate i think it was or maybe it was the second one i thought it was really cool it's it's harder it's more technical but i think once you get the hang of it it can be more even more rewarding um there's some interesting things about this one so the reason they're calling it skate instead of skate four is because they basically have said this is going to be a live service game this is the last skate where we're going to make we right. will just continue updating this one until the end of time. And if we stop using it, that means that the skate franchise is dead. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that's an interesting thing to say up front is like, we plan to support this forever or until you right. guys don't want to play it anymore. And then we're done. We're not going to like rev it up or come out with skate two and three and four, you know, every three years, we're just going to add expansions and more world building and new skate decks and all that stuff. So Monetization wise, I would I would bet that this thing is going to rely very heavily on cosmetics, um, you know, very Fortnite like dance moves and cosmetics and hats and clothing and skate decks and you know all that fun stuff. So um, if that's the case, I think they have an opportunity to do really well because people won't like shy away from it for you know something particular unless they go like the crazy loot box route to get your cosmetics. You know, like. Um, like PUBG's boxes or or uh, Overwatch's loot crates and things like that are really annoying for people. I think people would just prefer to like go, oh, this hat's ninety nine cents, I'll buy it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Well, I, I think that that's you know that's not a bad way to do it. I prefer games that you know in, in this day and age, like I would rather them think about like the long haul scenario and be like, all right, we are going to be a games of service game, like. This is going to be the one that we do. We'll add updates to it as time goes on. If it's really successful, you know, we'll put in a graphics engine update and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. as, as it goes. So, like, I, I do like the route that they're going in. I do appreciate it. Um, as far as the game itself is concerned, I I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but I was, like, super young. I remember Skate came out, and, like, I didn't – I just, like, didn't get it very very well at the time you know like it was it was more complicated to me for whatever reason mm-hmm. so i was like oh i'm just gonna go play tony hawk pro skater instead and uh yeah so that's kind of what i did but i am gonna i think i'll give it a shot and let's see if it you know if it brings back some old nostalgia of the skating game days because i haven't played another tony hawk game since then basically since tony hawk one yeah and they did and they did come out and basically say like there's no pay to win Right. And and if right. you never spend a nickel, the name of the city is called San Vansterdam. Um, if you never spend a penny, you still will have complete and full access to the entire play area. There will be no areas of it that are locked behind any kind of paywall. So you have good. full access to the whole city. Um, you can't so pay your way into getting competitive game. edges. So it, it sounds like it's really going to be geared around like cosmetics and things like that. I guarantee there'll be some sort of battle pass and there'll be experience points and you'll level up and you'll probably be able to buy special tricks and, you know, with experience points. I mean, there's, there's so much you could do with a progression system in a game like that. And, um, Oh yeah. And so many great, it might be like, I hate to say great ways, but great ways to monetize without being predatory or assholeish. Um, and it is a premium game, so it's going to release on Xbox and, and PlayStation with cross, you know, progression, um, cross progression, regardless of what what you play on. Um, so that'll. Do you be know cool. if it has cross play? Uh, I don't. I didn't see it specifically say cross play, but I would assume that if you have cross progression, they probably have cross play. 
I would hope so because it's not. You know, yeah, too it says far full crossplay and cross progression across there all platforms and console generations, but it lists PlayStation, Xbox, and PC with mobile versions in the works. They're very early, but they don't want to do. They're not going to show anything to anyone until the controls feel perfect for mobile, and they're still working on it. So that's good, and I'm glad, and I'm. I'm I think a, like a really important thing to have a very successful long-term game. Mm-hmm. I do think it is necessary to have like a mobile version if you're really looking to establish yourself as like a premium game. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're like, oh yeah, like not only are we going to have a mobile version, but we're going to make sure that that shit feels great too. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely going to be playing this, giving it a shot at the very minimum. I'm excited for it for sure. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the the next one here. So Fall Guys has a second wind now and uh, it's free to play. So, did you ever play the original Fall Guys? You know, I really wanted to, but I didn't want to spend any money on it because I always thought when I saw it to begin with that it was like the perfect free to play game. And uh, yeah, yeah, I now thought it was. It is free I thought it was. Play. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a quick little fad. So I like mm-hmm. I didn't bother picking it up because I was like, yeah. eh, you know, it's probably going to be like, like what was that one game that became super popular all of a sudden? Or is like you're on the ship and you have to try to figure out oh, someone. Um, Among Us. Yes, Among Us, and that's still like more popular than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought it would have died off by now, but um, I guess in the same way that this this has not either. It's definitely died off some because you don't hear about it constantly. But well, yeah, um, yeah. Last month it it first of all it did two things last month. The first thing was it went free to play. The second right. thing one was it it was released on the Switch. Um, right. So Mediatonic said that as of now, um, they've had over 50 million people play the game, which is a lot of people um, throughout its life cycle. Um, but they're seeing a massive resurgence of players because people are coming back. And then, the you know, the new platform, you've got a whole bunch of new people. So, like, the servers are full and people are playing and you get fast matches and... You know, it's it's starting to pop up in like Twitter feeds and getting shared videos again, and so it's it's kind of having that that resurgence. And so it's been two years since it came out. It got they got bought by Epic, and Epic retooled it for the free to play experience and relaunched it. You know, free to play. So yeah, right. I'm I need to download it on my Switch because I always wanted to play it, but I always thought it would be like an awesome Switch game. You know, um, yeah, because it's it's kid friendly. I mean. There's no blood, there's no gore. It's just a bunch of bean dudes running around knocking each other off of, you know, ledges and stuff. But there's, you know, it's not like your death or anything. So it's like a perfect game for that system, I think, you know? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I'm going to give it a shot now that it's free to play. You know, that was the right move. I feel like, you know, if it's running low on popularity, no one's really buying it anymore. You, mm-hmm. you automatically have a problem for the people that are still playing it because now they don't have people to play against, right? So you got to open up that market, got to go free to play, figure out some some ways to monetize it. As yeah. we have said all throughout this podcast, you know, there's many ways to do it. So definitely a good move. Um, I'm interested to give it a go. You know, any, yep. anything that's, you know, Mario Party esque, you know, it's going to be a good time. So yeah. exactly. All right. So speaking uh, of real quick, yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to yeah, yeah. jump ahead. I want to jump ahead one sure. and we'll fall back. So you could be specifically because of what you just said. So speaking of Mario Party X, Nintendo seems to really like the idea of Fall Guys. And they are releasing a Kirby game uh, called Kirby's Dream Buffet um, that okay. was announced the other day. It was like came out of nowhere. And it is basically a Kirby Fall Guys. So everybody will be running around as little Kirby's. Um, and it's going to be released this year. Um, right. So it, it's a lot farther along than you would think. And um, the graphics for it look fantastic. I'll certainly say that. It looks like mm-hmm. it'll be a lot of fun. Definitely Mario Party, Fall Guys, you know, scenario with this. Yeah. I feel like I feel like my wife would have an absolute blast playing this game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's, you know. It's kind of like the Battle Royale, right? So all the Battle Royale, you know, PUBG came out and started to, to play. And then now you got Warzone, all these other Battle Royales. It's like, is Fall Guys, you know, party treatment the next? I don't know if it's going to be that big, but Nintendo wants to give it a shot. So we'll see right. um, how they do. 
All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here. So this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It manages to scrape out a million dollars in its first week. Are mm-hmm. you surprised by this? A little bit, only because, okay, first of all, I knew this game was going to do great because, right. for God's sakes, it's like we've been begging for this for years. Like, well, it hasn't been a good old school beat em up. I mean, they had that <laughs> final, was it Final Fight? They had the new Final Fight come out a couple years ago that they did a really good job on. Um, mm. But um, it sold a million, sorry, not a million dollars, it sold a million copies in a week, which is crazy because it's on Game Pass. Yeah, that's um, what I don't understand, so actually. So, in addition to all of the free people who are playing it for free on Game Pass, which is, you know, I mean, Game Pass has over 25 million subscribers right now. Mm-hmm. So, 25 million people could be playing this, and they wouldn't, and, and that's not that's not a single quote-unquote sale. Right. So, on top of that possible 25 million active, you know, player base that can just get it, they right. sold a million copies in a week. That That's, that's great. Like... I mean, I, I 100% say it. fantastic for them because I do remember, like, I think I would still have, uh, like, an old, old-ass Cinemark that we've had that's been around for forever. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that we still have this game sitting over there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I've even played this game a few times outside of Xbox. So... Yeah, and those games were just a blast. I do remember like having your buddies join in as the characters and mm-hmm. and hopping with you. Like that shit was fun. So, oh yeah, yeah, um, good for them. Like nothing here but just like respect for the fact that they managed to capitalize on that shit again. Yeah, um, yeah. Just good we were stuff. in um, when we were in uh, North Carolina last. We went to this. There was this pinball museum that me and uh, my son went to, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's like you paid like you know 20 bucks or 15 bucks or whatever get in and they gave you a wristband and like everything in there was free once you got in um but in addition to the pinball machines of which they had quite a few and they were awesome mm-hmm. uh they had a an arcade section and, and in the back of the arcade section was that old you know four player dungeons and dragons uh i game i had the beholder or whatever um mm-hmm. and 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 I was like, oh, Zach, we got to play this. So me and my son went and like spent like 30 minutes just like rocking it, you know, back there. And, and you have unlimited quarters. So it's just like you just got to keep playing. But it was, yeah, that that whole like, you know, that gauntlet or, or you know, all those games with four players standing around doing a nice good beat em up was always such great fun. So it's nice to see that come back and I've played a little bit of it um not as much as I would like but man they did such a good job on that game <laughs> they they definitely did and obviously you know like this the thing like you know renewed interest in those kinds of games is always a good thing I think because it's it's definitely just like you know it's it's a I don't want to say a dying art because it's already died but yeah it's just a nostalgic art that like we'll mm-hmm. never really see much of again um but yeah, it's it, it feels good to to have a win for them. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to the next subject here, and that's going to be Doctor Disrespect. Oh God, Doctor Disrespect's <laughs> new game. He wants you to pay to beta test it, and also it's about NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really like everything to hate here. So first of all, I'm not sure if you guys like Doctor Disrespect or not. You know, I'm sure that there's varied opinions on that. I personally am kind of like neither here nor there on him, right? But this makes me not like him at all immediately. So he's got a game that's focused on NFTs. It's a first-person shooter, right? Mm-hmm. It's a PvPVE first-person shooter. PvPVE. Oh, that's uh, that's something there. And yeah, you have to pay to be get to get the early access. Is apparently the thing. Yeah, How? so in order to become a member of the Midnight Society, you had to buy an NFT. Um, and they yeah. minted a certain number of them, and those players are like part of the Founders Club. And this all ties into his persona. Yeah, in, exactly. You know, because he, he, you know, his, his club of people that subscribed to him on, you know, Twitch and now YouTube um, was like the Founders Club, right? Um, mm hmm. So if you're a member of this, if you've bought one of these NFTs, now you can now you are a member and you can provide feedback on the game and they're going to be releasing the game in what they're calling snapshots, which is a standard development term. Um, 
and they basically will release these snapshots, and the snapshot will be a very tight tight part of the game for very specific testing. So, like, the first snapshot's going to be, like, the little training shooting gallery, you know, in your home base at the beginning of a map where you can kind of mess around with the weapons and, and get a feel for it. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, just looking at the, the pricing of everything here, so they, they did sell off 10,000 of those NFTs, basically. Mm-hmm. Fifty dollars each. Out. Yep, fifty dollars each, and they claimed that they received four hundred thousand applicants. Um, mm-hmm. What are you thinking about about this as of now? Are you thinking this is some absolute bullshit? Are you rooting it for it to fail? Like, are you just interested to see what's going to happen? What's going on? I mean, personally, I I don't really care. Um, you know, if if they can build a, a listen, here's the thing. Like the way I feel about it is if you can if you can build a competent structure around whatever it is you're trying to do, then fine. Like like more power to you. I just I don't know, I just don't like the NFTs. Yeah, like I for this this seems really, really gimmicky. I'm I gotta say I'm not a big fan of this. Yeah, I think one of the things is is like your character is like a robot helmet on mm-hmm. and on the, the visor of the helmet it has like a screen. And um, when you buy those NFTs, that is the screen that's on the front of your helmet. So basically no two avatars will ever have the same face ever. Right. Like, period. Like, you buy your NFT and that's your face um, was what I, if I read it correctly. And, uh, you know, they were showing pictures of, like, the different avatars with different faces and stuff. So, like, to me, that's, like, an interesting way to do it like oh now you've got this thing that no one else will ever have cosmetically and if you think it's cool and you like it then you know i i agree with you there because that's that's always been my my one redeeming quality about nfts has been like i think that there's some interesting implementation into video games in regards that like i think it's it would be cool to have one like for someone to have a totally unique thing Right, just literally that aspect of it is very cool and exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I look at this game though, and it, it literally looks like, um, how should I describe it? It looks like a game studio's finished game, but three layers worth of pixelation before it's done. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's like everything is stripped off of it. It's just yeah, yeah, blocks. but that's and then that and they said that's just literally because it's these snapshot builds, so they haven't texturized anything. It's like the bare bones of the game, so that way, if they choose to make changes, they haven't wasted their time, like you know, applying textures and stuff. I mean, this is the way that that alpha testing works. Is like you're running around in these bare naked environments that just kind of make sure, oh yeah, but everybody can jump and you can run across that really fast and you won't fall off and. You know, you can use your grappling hook and like all of the games that you play were, were tested at some point like this. It's I feel like this is this level of it isn't isn't I, allowed to the public. It's normal. I feel like this is this is pre alpha like this is. Oh, yeah, this it's does not look pre-alpha. alpha to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, for sure. But but either way. Yeah. Like I, I'm curious to see it happen. You know, I just I can't imagine it going well. It seems like all of the video games made by you know youtube personalities never turn out well but Mm -hmm. you know this one might be the one that does it who knows but yeah let's go ahead and move on to the uh next and last topic lord of the rings heroes of middle earth regional beta it launches and uh we have or at least i've watched you and dorian participate in in fact Mm -hmm. um tell us a little bit about the experience there yeah so just Quick background. So CG Games, who makes Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, which just is like on its sixth year or whatever. Um, you know, they they got their hands on the Lord of the Rings license, not the movie license, the book license, right? So the license to the actual characters, not their likenesses. Like, this is a big thing that's like, they haven't, they open an official Discord so people could like give feedback. And, and I've been talking to the devs and stuff there, but... Um, you know, the big thing people keep going is like, why doesn't it look like, you know, Viggo Mortensen from uh, the movies? And it's like, dude, Warner Brothers, <laughs> you know, when you when you get the when you get the rights to something. Right. So, like, you get the rights to to, to Lord of the Rings from the Tolkien estate. Right. 
your adaptation and your like if you do a movie or a show like the Lord of the Rings show that's coming out right by Amazon Amazon will own the intellectual property of that exact version of the story the likenesses of those characters the areas that they go to that will be owned by Amazon however and any characters that they create from scratch to fill the voids and 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 update the stories will be theirs as well but right. the character of Frodo or the character of Galadriel that come from the books, they don't own those. They're borrowing them. And that property can be sold to multiple companies at once. Warner Brothers, because they're the ones who made the movies, The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, they own the likeness rights and they still own the movie rights for The Lord of the Rings. So so until they will indefinitely own Viggo Mortensen as... Aragorn like you will never see a company that's not Warner Brothers have a character that looks exactly like the actor because not only would they have to pay Warner Brothers which why would Warner Brothers do that they also have to pay Viggo Mortensen likeness rights so 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 now you had to buy the rights to Lord of the Rings from the estate then you had to buy the rights to use the movie assets from the movie studio Warner Brothers then you have to pay every one of those actors a likeness fee no no video game company is going to pay that kind of money like that's that's three layers of of um, payments to make it look like a particular person, or just make a character that looks like Strider as he's described in the books, and you're golden. And that and that's what they've done. They've gone to kind of a cartoon, more cartoony aesthetic. I, I think the characters look good. Um, I don't really have problems with them. I think you know, for me. So here's the good. I, I think for me, yeah. the, the game overall has good bones. I think you know CG knows how to do it. I've been playing Star Wars Galaxies for six, Galaxy Heroes for six years. I still play it every day. Um, it's my longest running game I've ever played. Um, you know, so that says something for the longevity of it, right? Uh, uh, definitely. Yeah, that's so, not a small feat. And they've feat. been able to yeah. continue to evolve it and grow it, and and they've they've stumbled. And they've recovered and they've changed and they're in the middle of another thing that people think they're stumbling on. And we'll see how that evolves. But but they're not afraid to take risks. But they also, you know, have, uh, you know, they've made stumbles and they've made success. So we'll see. Um, so, so I think it has good bones. And the developers obviously, you know, understand. They've already put, you know, they've got two community managers working on it already. Um you know, that are in the Discord talking like almost all day to people. Um, so so that's fine. I think the aesthetic is, you know, take it or leave it. Like some people like wow, some people don't. You know, it's got that right, kind of cartoony right, right. aesthetic. I think the backgrounds, textures are still a little low. Um, I did get it like up and running looking a lot better on my... Um, blue stacks than it was when I started like when I started I was like oh my god um, and then someone kind of told me and if you're if you're doing it set your blue stacks device to a galaxy s21 ultra and it will fix the graphics pretty much um, but you do need to uninstall and reinstall the game after you make that change but your your account will be fine um, so yeah yeah I think I think that, like, you know, judging from the game, because I, I watched you play it for a bit, um, you know, I watched Dorian play it, and, you know, it, it seemed fairly solid. There was definitely some things that I liked, and I think that, yes, part of the benefit is that it's come from it's coming from an experienced developer of this same style game, um, yeah. and I, I definitely see that as a pro. I don't know if some people see it as a con, depending on, I guess, mostly if they like uh, Star Wars or Swagger or not, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, for me, I definitely see it as a good thing, but it's just I was really just surprised by the graphics. Like they, they just really are not doing it for me. Even in the, you know, the the version that you fixed, right? Like the textures are are very low grade still to me. You know, way better than they were originally because they were really bad originally. But yeah, like it's just not quite up to where I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, the, the, I, and the characters are actually the textures on the characters aren't bad. It's the no. environments exactly. And since exactly. the environments are so big and the characters are relatively small in the environment, it's just like wow. It sticks um, out like a sore thumb whenever so you're looking at it. Yeah. Hopefully they will address that, and it's just like yeah. you know to get the beta up and running and to, to work with the most devices as they roll this thing out. They they went with lower res background textures. Um, 
you know, some of the monetization is seems, you know, I get the pop-ups and there's $5 packs and buy this character and, oh, hey, you hit shadow campaign, buy this character. So, you know, it's there. Um, there's a couple things that I don't like and I, and I, and I, I don't know why they did this, but they don't really, <laughs> they really don't respect your time, um, in this game at all. Like every single thing is a brand full new screen. And between that screen is a loading screen. And, you know, so like in, in Swaga, when you, um, want to make a, a piece of gear, right? Craft a piece of gear out of multiple, multiple things. You hit the plus button, and it's just a pop-up. It just pops up right there. You still see what's going on behind you. Pops up, you hit craft, it crafts, the pop-up goes away, you hit, or you hit equip, and the pop-up goes away. It's fast, it's snappy, it's easy. In um, Lord of the Rings, you hit, craft, you hit craft, and it loading screen pops up, and it takes you to a new, a completely new screen. Right. And then you have to click a button to craft it, and then you have to wait for this freaking animation for of it crafting which takes a couple seconds and then you have to hit the equip and then when you hit equip instead of just leaving you there and letting you click more things on your portrait and craft and equip it 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 instantly takes you to a loading screen and brings you back to the character screen so it's like the other earlier today i wanted to gear up you know three characters it took me like 45 minutes Mm -hmm. to put like nine pieces of gear or 10 pieces of gear across four characters just because of all of the loading. And I would just like, oh, whatever. And I'd like zone out and do something else. Do you know what I mean? It was just very disrespectful of your time. The other thing they have is they have these um, these events. And they're like two hours. Like, oh, event popped up. And you have two hours to do 10 battles and, and level 10 char- characters 10 times and equip nine pieces of gear and, you know, Right. So you feel the need to, you know, and there'll be rewards for that. So now you're like driven to get that done in this two hour period. And, oh, cool. I just burned all my energy or, oh, I already cleared out those nodes or, oh, I just equipped a bunch of gear. So that sucks. Um, So I think there's some I think there's some issues with those events. And some of them are like the first one I got was like 30 minutes. And I had one today, which was like four hours. Um so, yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think there's promise. I think for me, the biggest thing is it doesn't really feel like Lord of the Rings to me. Like, if you took the names away, you wouldn't go, oh, yeah, that's Lord of the Rings. You know, like, what do you expect when you when you hear Lord of the Rings? You expect elvish writing and flourishes and a particular style of text and a particular style of embellishment and leather and imprints and burnishing and it just it feels like the ui is like so far from finished and i'm just assuming that that's just because it's a beta but they have a lot of work to do to make it really feel like lord of the rings right 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 i agree with you uh, overall you know i'm I'm still gonna give it a shot whenever it comes to ios um but yeah like i'm not uh, like i know i'm probably going to be disappointed so i'm not gonna be you know having super high hopes for it but (laughs) Yeah, Either it reminds way, me a lot of the dragon, um, dragon, dragon legends, heroes, or dragon here champions, dragon champions, DC, dragon champions. That's right. You know yeah. where it was like, except that wasn't a known IP. It was like a brand new IP built from the ground up. But it was like that kind of game where it was like it was a clone, and it felt like a clone, but it was a good enough clone that you were like, okay, I'll play it. And a lot of us did, and it struck at just the right time where there was a lot of problems with MSF and a lot of problems with Swaga, and people were like running for the hills and <clears throat> the problem here is that this isn't a generic world so they need to live up to the quality expectations of someone when they hear lord of the rings and um, i'm sure they can do it they just got some work to do yeah no i, I agree um but yeah all right well that, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this week one, one thing real quick the one thing yeah. i will say though that i think they did right oh you're you're still on on lord of the rings yeah, they they. Okay. Well, I just want to say this one last thing. Sure, sure, sure. They did announce both. You get an in-game mail, and it's on there all over their place that they will wipe for global launch. Oh yeah. So That's unlike good... MSF, where yeah. we had a year of beta and then we just kept going. Right. 
when global launch hits, it all gets wiped. If you spend any money, it will be converted to crystals, and then they will give you 25% bonus crystals for having helped them test the in-app purchases. So you right. will get a bump. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I thought it was good of them to announce that at the beginning. Like, we're gonna wipe it. Don't don't worry about it. You know, if you're gonna wait, don't don't freak out. You know. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely very good that they announced that ahead of time because that has absolutely burned people before in the past. Mm -hmm. And um, they know the kind of spenders that come in, especially on betas, right, Mm. for these things. that They could dump in shit tons of money. So I'm glad that they did that. Very important thing to add on. You're you're right. That was a good call. Um, But yeah, are you you good on Lord of the Rings now? That's it. I'm done. All right, sweet. Um, Well, yeah, that's pretty much going to do it for the end of uh, this episode, guys. Thank you all so much so very much for listening we really appreciate it and um yeah just make sure to leave those five star reviews and everything check out you know the discord discord.me forward slash anr and the patreon patreon.com forward slash anr um and yeah that's pretty much it so thank you very much muggin thank you and we will see you guys next week peace